the planning and the implementation of all of these infrastructure investments will be heavily dependent on location-based technology. Where we're going to locate this new facility, where are the people who are going to see the biggest impact or the benefit from this particular investment, all of these kind of core place-based questions are going to be asked in the coming months and years. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard Jerry Johnston, Managing Director at Deloitte & Touche LLP, emphasize the role location intelligence and geography will play in the historic revitalization of infrastructure unfolding in the U.S. and beyond. Esri CMO Mariana Cantor investigates how businesses and governments are combining geography, analytics, and location technology to look at vital parts of our everyday world and create smarter systems. Hi, Jerry, and welcome to the Science Aware podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Mariana. I appreciate it. Well, I'd like to start our conversation with some context. With this pandemic over the last couple of years, we've witnessed the value of geographic approach, which is the use of data and maps for understanding and action. We call it at Esri the Science Aware, therefore the name of the podcast. We see it apply to many other challenges, as well as the pandemic and opportunities in business, government, and the nonprofit sector. You and Deloitte are seeing significant new trends with the use of geospatial technology and analytics. Tell us about some of the most compelling trends you're seeing. You certainly identified one of those key trends that that we observed in our research, and and that's simply the the way that place-based data, maps, and geospatial analytics have really shaped the way that we understand the COVID-19 pandemic. I think that's brought the power of what we refer to in the article as as spatial thinking to the forefront in society. As you and your colleagues at Esri know, this is really a part of a trend that's been developing for a long time. And I think what we're seeing today is this really starting to accelerate. Some of the things we cite in the article are the evidence of trends in new hardware and software launches that support geospatial analytics. That increased at a rate of 30% faster in 2020 than it did in just 2019, which I think is remarkable. We're seeing increases in the way that machine learning and deep learning applications that use geospatial data are taking hold in the market. So for example, modeling the impacts of climate change and thinking about how we can build resilient communities in response to these risks. You mentioned geospatial thinking. What is it? And also, what are some of the underlying drivers behind the rise of geospatial thinking? One of the ways we like to describe it at Deloitte, when we talk to our colleagues and are trying to explain what we do and the services that we provide, we like to talk about where questions. The pandemic's a great example. Where are people getting sick? Where are there hospitals that have space? Where do we need to get vaccines? Where are there inequities in how we're distributing vaccines? And we've done work along all those fronts. Thinking in the context of location and asking and being deliberate about asking those where questions and realizing that we have technology and we have data that can probably frame those questions really well and help us come up with answers are the way that we describe spatial thinking. So getting people to think about the spatial dimension of the questions that they're asking and and how spatial data can be used to address that. And as far as the drivers go, in the article, we characterize those drivers in in three different major ways. So first is just recognizing that the volume and diversity of location data has truly exploded. And this has been going on for, for decades, but really in recent years and even this year, 
we see many, many new sources of content, you know, coming available in the marketplace. If you think about the commercialization of, of the satellite industry as just one of many examples, there's tons of high resolution, high quality, you know, high temporal frequency spatial data available that, that's new. And at the same time, the second bucket is the cost of acquiring and analyzing this data has really declined rapidly. I think it's not lost on anybody that at the same time, you know, compute costs are dropping location sensing technologies are dropping rapidly in price. And one of the remarkable statistics, at least to me, that we, we found in doing our research for this article was the cost of location-enabled chips for cellular connectivity are expected to decline 70% between 2017 and 2023, which obviously is creating a, a huge demand for these things in the marketplace. And maybe that's what's most important is, is given those other trends, the third set of drivers that we identified were unlocking creativity and innovation in the marketplace. We see people taking advantage of the availability of the data and the cheaper technology, and they're really building clever applications. There's an example in the article that we cite about an Indian bank who cut the decision-making timeframe for how they issue credit to farmers. Um, and they cut that time fivefold because they started using satellite data analytics. And I think that's a great example of where the fundamental technology to do that kind of work and the data have been around in the geospatial industry for a long time. But what's new is it's only been recently where the right data and the right analytics were broadly accessible enough that it could be applied for that use case and used widely across sectors. The example that you provide, it's clear, it's good for business and good for the public. Do you consider a modern geographic information system, which is the technology we're talking about, GIS, an essential enterprise technology? And if so, why? I definitely agree. It is an, uh, an essential technology in the, the enterprise technology world. As you know, I spent several years working in the, the federal government, uh, both at the EPA and at the Department of the Interior. And one of the things that I've observed is that in, in both of those agencies and really across government agencies all over the world, GIS has established itself as a cornerstone enterprise technology in many public sector organizations. In those organizations, we see the integration of GIS into core business operations. And there are tight relationships with the geospatial technology practitioners in that community and IT leadership, CIO organizations and elsewhere. And in our article, we, we closed with suggesting, you know, a few best practices for other organizations, so outside of public sector, in, in other sectors, to think about how they can most effectively build those similar dynamics and use geospatial technology, you know, maybe in their case to gain a competitive edge or to improve operational efficiency. And some of those ideas that we shared include being deliberate and clear about what the use cases are and the value proposition, which is important in government, certainly in private industry as well. We also talked about building a, a geospatial center of excellence and or naming a, a geospatial lead, a geospatial information officer, really to help standardize and promote the use of te the technology across the organization. Somebody who understands what the organization does and what the spatial dimension of those questions are, the technology and data could be used to address it. You just mentioned, and you as well mentioned in your report with Deloitte, is that the government adoption of geospatial technology precedes the commercial adoption. I wonder why that is, and if you could give us some examples of successful applications in government, then we'll get to business as well. One of the things that we've seen in the public sector and in government is this data has been used in formulating policy, in thinking about how grant funds are spent, and thinking about program outcomes and efficiencies for a long time. And, and there's actually a, a really interesting report from the, the National Geospatial Advisory Committee that I think was published in 
I want to say 2015, um, called the, geos the Changing Geospatial Landscape. And that, that report documents a lot of the early history of government innovation in the, the geospatial marketplace, pioneered by the Census Bureau and their support from USGS and what ultimately created the first commercial street map you know, companies. Um, the government's investment in, in GPS and when uh, the selective availability was turned off on the satellites, that was a major accelerator for getting other industries to take it on use the data. And of course, the, the Landsat program, you know, the, the investment in government data starting in the 1970s is, is really taken hold in the marketplace and created the industry for Earth observations and for, um, you know, what we see today in terms of the availability of geospatial data. So in all of these cases, government agencies, they, they had mission need for location data and for location analytics. And industry has taken these data sources, these applications and and inspiration really built on top of it and started to advance and evolve you know capabilities in, in other disciplines as well so i think public sector had a head start but what we're seeing in recent years is other sectors really starting to to catch up and take full advantage of the technology as well jerry you mentioned mission need in government and i like that phrasing what are some of the mission needs or imperatives in business there's obviously operational improvement. How is it that I can deliver services, um, run my operations, serve my customers more effectively through taking advantage of, of spatial technologies? We give some examples of this in the paper that we've been referring to throughout the discussion. One specifically that comes to mind is, is thinking about how indoor analytics and location analytics and thinking about where people are in a, in a hospital where the equipment is in a hospital and how you can most effectively move equipment and patients around in a facility can really lead to much better patient interactions with the, the healthcare facility. And ultimately for the healthcare facility, they can drive down costs. Clearly, you know, that's one of the things that's a major difference in looking at how you measure the benefits of this technology in the public sector versus how you measure it in the commercial sector, because often in commercial sectors, cost is a major driver. It is for government as well, but ultimately, you know, providing public service and delivering government mission is, is the key reason that those entities are there and using location technology. So operational efficiency is a big one that we see in industry and then gaining a competitive advantage. Are there things that you can find out in your business that help you outcompete who it is that you're competing with in the marketplace that help you make better decisions about where to put your assets, where to you know, invest in new capabilities, where to find talent, you know, lots of things that we see across our client base um, are really great examples, I think, of how organizations are starting to take advantage of location data broadly, and it's becoming very mainstream in the industries that we serve. All of these challenges, including the pandemic, as well as climate change, you know, social inequity, supply chain resilience are really fundamentally geographic in nature. I'd like to talk about some specific topics that are top of mind for many leaders and decision makers, starting with infrastructure. You know, we all know that the United States is embarking on a generational investment in its infrastructure with hundreds of billions of new dollars. The success or failure of this investment will really determine the economic and environmental and social health of this country for decades to come. And around the world, we know that other countries have been and are fortifying their infrastructures and embracing the principles of what we call smart infrastructure. 
with the focus on many of the technologies you mentioned, including sensors, GIS, digital twins, AI. So my question to you is, what challenges are we going to need to overcome if we're going to successfully modernize our infrastructure? That's a very timely question, obviously, with the the kind of generational opportunity that we have ahead of us to make these infrastructure investments wisely. And I really firmly believe that that the planning and the implementation of all of these infrastructure uh, investments will be heavily dependent on location-based technology and data. Where we're going to locate this new facility, where are the people who are going to see the biggest impact or the benefit from this particular investment, those where questions that we talked about earlier, those are all really front and center when you think about how it is that we're going to improve infrastructure across the country. All of these kind of core place-based questions are going to be asked in the coming months and years. And I think that one of the biggest challenges that we need to overcome is to make sure that while we're advancing planning and implementation for these projects, that we're investing in the applications of geospatial technology to track and optimize the measurement of benefits from these investments over time. There's a long history in government of using location technology to understand where we should make those investments or where money is spent on projects. And I can call as an example, a lot of the great work that Esri and others did during the Recovery Act. A lot of the tracking of what happened and where projects were were taking place and the the shovel-ready activities on the ground was mapped and people could look and understand, you know, what was happening with those investments, uh, you know, over time. But I think right now we're looking at a great opportunity to more effectively take advantage of the technology in a way that helps us track that progress over the long term, to monitor and to support decision making that can help people make course corrections or adjustments that might be needed, but ultimately really to measure the medium and long term impacts of these benefits to the public. Geospatial technology is is foundational for for building those capabilities that that helps organizations and government agencies measure and track these benefits over time. And you can bring, you know, obviously together the demographic data on the communities that government serves with the spatial quantification of, of benefits that government programs deliver. But I really do think there's a challenge in that there's work to be done to make it an expectation in terms of how we monitor success in some of these infrastructure projects. It's clear that what we're talking about at least starts with, in both business and government, with mapping infrastructure digitally. Beyond that, explain to us how does geospatial technology actually help transform these endeavors and help make decisions around trade-offs, et cetera? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me tie back to the notion of using GIS and geospatial technology to track benefits of programs and and activities in communities. Advanced analytics and and the development of digital twins, specifically GIS-based digital twins, can really help take that type of work to the next level. So for example, let's pick an infrastructure project. If if we decide to move forward with a certain infrastructure investment in a community, let's say we, uh, we build a new bridge and it changes a major transportation pattern. A digital twin that's that's GIS-based can help planners understand how this change in infrastructure will not just change the patterns of traffic, but use it as a model to assess what the long-term impact on the community might be as a result in that change. To simulate how people will adapt. Will Will they change their commuting patterns? Will they move to other neighborhoods because of that change? What's gonna happen to local air quality and ultimately local health outcomes because of that change? I think these are all really compelling examples of how digital twins driven by geospatial technology can support these infrastructure investments and and more broadly society. 
Let's talk about sustainability. We know that in business, the traditional list of success factors like revenue, growth, brand competition must now include another strategic layer, and that is sustainability. And the urgency behind the sustainability imperative is not just a matter of corporate social responsibility. It is really about business continuity or survival in some cases. What effective practices for sustainability are you seeing with your clients? And what is the role of geospatial thinking and technology in this? Sure. Yeah, it, it's certainly a, a timely question, given what we're seeing with, with supply chain disruption across the country and around the world now that we're nearly two years into the pandemic. You know, we are seeing more and more adoption of, of GIS as a framework and a set of tools and analytical methodologies that help us design sustainable processes and track sustainability impacts of the impacts of our choices, really over time. And and maybe the most significant way that I see this being implemented by our clients and industry now is with the myriad of sustainable supply chain efforts um, that are taking place around the world and across industries. And we see GIS helping organizations monitor their upstream and their downstream supply chain performance to really provide a full picture of how progress is being made towards achieving the organization's sustainability goals. I think the openness of the ArcGIS platform helps organizations not just do this tracking, but to share this information with each other, to use it as a way to collaborate. So not only to track performance, but how is it that I can share with with participants in the supply chain best practices? How is it that I can educate consumers and give uh, transparency and visibility into the supply chain so that everybody understands their part in this sustainability puzzle? A related issue is climate, of course, and as difficult as the pandemic has been for all of us over the last two years, the impact of climate change is likely to be the biggest disruptor yet. And really, we're confronting the consequences of decades-long imbalances and decisions involving human-made systems and natural resources. But the good news, I think you will agree, is that the technology and the tools we need, and we've been talking about all this, to manage and predict and provide that transparency you mentioned associated with climate change and events like extreme weather, sea level rise, wildfires, exist. They're available to us. And many organizations are learning to balance sustainability with growth. So where are you seeing advances and progress in sources of legitimate inspiration? In many ways, the current focus on the applications of of geospatial technology to to build resilience um, with regards to climate change honestly brings me back to why I first started to learn GIS as a graduate student. Scientists have been using this technology to to look at climate change and the potential impacts for decades. I, I did work looking at the impacts of what was at the time notional changes in, in how temperature and precipitation might impact forests and agriculture in the Midwest um, back in the 19, early 1990s. And now we're starting to see a lot of these scenarios starting to play out. And I, I really believe that, that you're right on. There is room for optimism. And over the, the last few years, I, there are a lot of great examples of the applications of GIS and geospatial technology as a way to help us make good decisions about what actions need to be taken in light of these changes. And one example of that that's really at top of mind for me is is something that the Census Bureau did recently. Um, They have a a prize competition that's a a part of a program they call the Opportunity Project. And they worked with NOAA to issue a challenge to to the developer community. And fundamentally, it, it boiled down to saying that, look, the government publishes a wealth of spatial data 
that we think can be useful for optimizing community planning and for building resilience in response to changing climate. How can developers, how can the community help us get that information into the hands of people on the ground in ways that help them uh, understand and make the applications of the data easy to use and immediately actionable? So, you know, Esri was involved in this competition, Deloitte was involved in this competition, lots of other organizations were, that we came together, you know, to respond to the challenge. And in our case at Deloitte, using Esri technology, we really quickly built a prototype that demonstrates the proof of concept for how this might work. And while I'm proud to say that our work resulted in the award of a prize for our team, so did several other teams. So for, for me, you know, in terms of looking at inspiration as a, as a whole, that exercise, building a sense of urgency, bringing together a team of, of software developers, planners, climate experts, you know, geospatial professionals, just together to see what the art of the possible is, was, was really a source of inspiration for me. And I, there were a lot of great examples that came out of that competition. Um, so I'm, I'm also optimistic, um, and I'm optimistic for the role that the GIS is going to play in helping us address some of these challenges going forward. So we've referenced several times a special report you co-authored, and it's called The Rise of Spatial Thinking, and it's full of insights, and some of which you've shared with us. But in closing, I'd like to ask you, what surprised you the most during your research? one thing that jumped out that, su that surprised me the most, but, but I will say that what I'm left with is being amazed and, and impressed by the number of, of evolving and new applications of geospatial technology and really the applications of the technology in ways across industries that, that are evolving uh, and that have only really started to take hold over the last couple of years. And I can think back to you know, some of my time in the public sector Early in my government career, I remember when senior political officials would, would come on board, I'd have to sort of explain what I do. You know, I'm, I, my name's Jerry, I'm the, the geospatial information officer. And I felt like I had to, to then go into an explanation of what GIS is and what geospatial technology is. And I remember, you know, later in my career, having a, a, a senior, you know, political appointee tell me after I almost automatically go into my pitch to have her say, no, 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 I get it. Tell me how you're going to use GIS to help me run this organization, to help me, you know, improve what it is that, that we're doing for citizens. To me, I think that the takeaway message is that the, the real breakthrough is the way that what we do has become mainstream. And more than that, how people are taking advantage of a lot of the, the acceleration of the availability of data and the availability of technology and really being creative, a lot of non-traditional, you know, entrance into the geospatial community. I'm certainly excited about a lot of the things that we see in the market. Um, and if people are interested, you can take a look at this report on our website. It's at Deloitte.com slash insights. Um, and once you're there, just search for spatial. The first hit should be the article that Mariana mentioned, the rise of spatial thinking. It's an excellent report. And thank you very much, Jerry. This was a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, Mariana. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Our podcast. And thanks to Jerry Johnston for explaining how geospatial technology helps businesses and governments make better, more informed decisions. If you like this episode, please take a moment to share it with a colleague. To learn more about how location intelligence enables digital transformation and drives growth, visit esri.com forward slash location intelligence.